Hello and welcome back to the I Am Podcast. It's me, your host Jacqueline. And first off, I guess I wanted to apologize for the quite large hiatus that I went on, not quite a year. I definitely struggled with mental health, first and foremost, but also my physical health. I recently got a Crohn's diagnosis, um, so I've just been kind of navigating life with that on top of mental health, but I am back, baby. We are back. I'm hoping to be consistent, but I'm also asking for some grace, some patience, and a lot of respect. I am working a full-time job, a part-time job. I am doing school part-time as well, and I'm also trying to be a present step-parent family member, friend, and also do self-care things for myself. So please just bear with me, but let's jump into this episode. I think this is episode number four, but don't quote me because I don't know math very well. This one is all about the lessons that I learned from 2022, and I realize that it's quite late because we are in April of 2023, but that's okay. Better late than never, right? So here we go. Lesson number one that I learned And I also, I guess I should say that there is no real reason for the order that these are in, except for number one was my actual number one uh, lesson that I learned. But other than that, they're all just kind of out there. So order doesn't matter. Number one, invest in your health. This was a huge one for me. Um, Like I previously noted that I did get a Crohn's disease uh, diagnosis. Um, So I really, I just, invest in your health is huge and a big lesson that I've been trying to navigate and probably will be for quite some time. Um, But invest in your health, and when I say this, I don't mean necessarily like go spend thousands of dollars on therapy, um, like personal training therapy or physio or like all of these things if your body needs it then yes do it but don't invest your health in personal training and all of these fancy bougie things that cost hundreds if not thousands i mean invest in your health from the bare minimum and make it not the bare minimum anymore this to me anyways means like sleep more prioritize sleep more um eat foods that actually bless my body and nourish me instead of convenience and finances and whatever. This also means moving my body. Um, Now that the nice weather is back here in Canada, be a little easier for me at least, but just overall, I think those are things that we don't necessarily do all the time, especially in the social service field. So those are definitely big lessons that I have learned and medical professionals have also told me to do all of those things. So I just wanted to preach a little bit about investing in your health and it could be as simple as more self-care time for you going to therapy for your mental health moving your body eating better sleeping more unplugging more whatever it looks like i think just invest in your health is a big one and probably will be for the next little while um so that was my top 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 lesson but moving along lesson number two yes i can so this one also kind of stems from my diagnosis that I recently got of Crohn's but it also just is a reminder lesson to me that I can do hard things I can do easy things I can do big things and I can do small things I can just I can do whatever I set my mind to and as a female I think 
it's important to remember that and to be reminded of that. I often feel like I'm kind of the underdog, especially in a male, more patriarchal society. I guess that's the better political um, terms for that. But I often feel like women are kind of stepped on and not looked at towards like being leaders and stuff. So yes, I can was a huge reminder that I've gotten through 100% of my hardest days and I will continue to and hope to be that advocate for my clients moving forward myself and for anybody listening that needs it. Lesson number three, do it uncomfortably, but just do it. So this one kind of relates to my year of 2022, but also just life in general. I find that I was very sheltered, very, if I wasn't in my comfort zone, I wasn't going to do it. If I didn't know kind of the outcome or how it might make me feel, I wouldn't do it. Um, Last year, I slowly, slowly, slowly started stepping out of my comfort zone. I started doing things more solo. I stopped seeking approval as much is probably the, the big gist there for that one. But I... I I just decided one day, like, what if I look back when I'm 80 years old and I realize I didn't do the one thing that I wanted to do as a 27-year-old or as a 26-year-old? Current me isn't going to be very happy with past me if that's the case that ends up happening, so I just decided to do it. And I will admit some of the things were scary, they were thrilling, they were anxiety-provoking, but I still did them, and it proves that, again, with lesson two, yes, I can. So yes, you can. And it doesn't have to be something big and bold and dangerous, quote unquote. Like it doesn't have to be bungee jumping or skydiving or whatever else it is. It could simply be saying no more, setting more boundaries, more time for yourself. Um, Like it, it could be something super small, taking yourself out for dinner, taking yourself to a movie, more solo dates. Um, cutting off some friends or some family, whatever it looks like. It doesn't have to be huge that society deems to be huge. It can be huge to you, and that's all that matters. Lesson number four, people are not meant to be in your life forever, and that is okay. I recently saw a quote that said, people are in your life for three reasons, and I can't remember the third right now off the top of my head, but the first two were reasons and seasons, and I think that's so true. Um, A lot of people are in our lives for reasons, which means they're teaching us lessons that we might not see until hindsight is 2020 looking back, or they're in our life for a season, which means we might need the support or their presence for whatever the hard season is we're going through, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be there forever, and and that's okay. Um, It's going to suck, and it's going to be shitty, and it's going to hurt. There's probably going to be grief because it's a loss. But it will be okay, and people aren't meant to be there forever, necessarily. I mean, if you have friends from way back when, and you're still friends like 10, 20, 30 years now, that's amazing. But I don't think that's a realistic expectation to hold on people anymore. And I also know people grow apart, people change, and that is okay. We're all on our own healing growth journey, and that looks totally different to everybody else and that is still okay lesson number five i kind of touched on this a little in lesson number three but date yourself and do it solo um 
Miley Cyrus came out with the song Flowers, which basically says that she can love herself better than anybody else, and that's kind of the motto where this came from. Although I think Flowers was in 2023. But anyways, when I say date yourself and do it solo, I don't mean, again, necessarily anyways, big things. I mean more so think of the things you ask your partner to do that you can do for yourself. And yeah, it's great that your partner can do them or does do them for you, but it's also important to love yourself and like your own company and your own presence and enjoy being alone. I think... I think there's almost this shame or stigma, I guess, around doing things alone. Um, And that's probably what hinders a lot of people from doing it alone. But in my opinion, I think you need to be okay with who you are, with your own company, with your own thoughts, your own mind, your own body, and doing things alone. Because then you, you get more specific, you get more picky on who you surround yourself with and I think with who you surround yourself with that either hinders or increases your ability to be okay with being alone and loving yourself first and foremost I think a lot of us myself included haven't loved my body or myself or wanted to be in my own company for the longest time until this last year give or take and I think that really shows when I've reflected on the people around me and the people I've kept not necessarily because they were great people or great friends or whatever the the thing was that I thought they would be doing for me but some of it was truly just because I didn't want to be alone and it would in my head it made more sense to me that I had people around whether they were beneficial or helpful for me or not so that's why I say when you when you get comfortable being alone then you're more picky on who you choose to be with and in turn that enhances your healing and your your awareness and your reflection of yourself number six if it's not a hell yes it's a hell no i don't know who actually founded this for quote this quote but rachel hollis was the one that i first heard it from so i'm going to give her credits for it i don't know if she should be getting them but whatever if it's not a hell yes it's a hell no so this Oh man, this quote can speak to so many different things, but this one spoke to me in terms of my people-pleasing tendencies. I have always been a people-pleaser since as far back as I can remember being like a toddler, trying to do all the things that made, you know, mom happy, dad happy, family happy, siblings happy, the dog happy, like strangers happy, everybody. And I'm obviously working on that, but I think... I think if you were to ask yourself, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to see this person? Do I really want to go to this place? Or do I want to do this activity? If you're not automatically jumping up and down for joy saying, hell yeah, then it's just a no. And it's not just a no though, it's a hell no. Which means you absolutely don't want to do it or go or see that person, place or thing. So why are you? It's not a hell yes, it's an automatic hell no. Number seven and eight kind of tie in together, so let's touch on them both together, I guess, simultaneously. Number seven is that death sucks. And number eight is grief lives inside of me every single day and probably always will. Um, In terms of death sucks, as a lesson, I lost a significant amount of people in the last year and a half. Um, All of varying levels of closeness to me and friendship levels, but they all hit me 
profoundly in various ways and just a reminder that nobody thinks that death is easy or fun necessarily so this one is more just a reminder that death does suck and along with your grief journey it's okay that you're grieving and I think it's important to note that grief for everybody and anybody is always probably going to be different because it's your journey and your journey alone um, for me grief hits me at 1 a.m. when I wake up from a dream crying because my fur baby that I just lost a couple months ago was in it or my childhood best friend was in there and she's going on uh, 11 years of her not being physically with us anymore. Uh, sometimes it hits me at 11 a.m. when I just want to go home and cuddle my dog and I can't. Sometimes it hits me at 3 p.m. when I just want to call her and I can't because she's been gone forever. So grief hits me at random times of the day, at random days, random weeks, random months. Obviously anniversaries are a lot harder, holidays are a lot harder, but I think it's just important to note and, and know that it is okay if you suffer and struggle with grief daily, weekly, monthly, however often. And I think it's also important to note that However you grieve, whoever you grieve, with or for, and however long, is okay because it's your journey. And it's your grief journey specifically. Lesson number nine, comparison is the thief of all joy. Again, I'm going to give credits to Rachel Hollis because she's the one that I heard this from. I don't know if she founded the quote or whatever, but comparison is the thief of all joy. This one is... Again, me as a people pleaser, having those tendencies, I've always wanted to be like others. Um, and it, like that could be in so many aspects. It could be smarter, it could be more, more like having more money, being smarter, being more thin, being fitter, being more athletic, being somebody that everybody likes, blah, 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 being more smarter, like all of those things. I've always, I've always compared myself and obviously something I'm working on again, but when I heard this quote, it almost was like a slap in the face because it was so true. All of the joy out of all of the experiences I had, if I wasn't sitting there comparing myself, would have been significantly better. So I lost joy. I lost confidence. I lost self-esteem. But I lost a lot of joy. The biggest example of this is last year, I remember talking to a coworker, and she basically asked me how I have my shit together. And she's like, you work full-time, part-time. You seem to have it all together. You're doing a podcast. You're in school. Your relationship is going well. Like, all of these things. And I'm like, well, what makes you think that I have my shit together? And she said, because I'm doing all these things. And I'm like, but really, you don't see the, the outside, the inner me, or the behind the scenes. You don't know that I don't cry every night. You don't know that I don't have breakdowns or whatever the case is she was just looking at me from surface level not anything beyond that and she also followed that up with um she was saying how much she loves my straight red hair and I said oh well you know you're comparing your wavy brown hair to my straight red hair which there's no comparison because they're so different but also little did she know that I grew up hating 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 my red hair and would have given anything when I was younger to have brown hair. And she was the opposite, saying she hated her brown hair, wanted red hair. So I think, I think the big lesson in 
this is that yes comparing sucks and we're probably still going to do it but just know that it's going to take away a lot of joy from you and also remember to those listening and to myself that when you're comparing yourself to somebody there's a very good chance that they're probably comparing themselves back to you for example the coworker that i was talking about she was comparing how she doesn't like her hair to how she likes my hair but I was comparing how I didn't like my hair at a time in my life to how I wanted my hair to be hers. So there will always be something that you may not like about yourself that somebody else does and that you want to switch with somebody else's and they may not like that part too. So I think that's just important to note. Lesson 10. So remove this from your vocabulary. Why is this happening to me? Why me? Stop throwing a pity party and say instead, what is this teaching me? What is this serving me? What am I supposed to learn from this? How am I gonna grow from this? This again, credits to Rachel Hollis, which side note, if anybody actually knows me, you know how much I love Rachel Hollis, so go check her out. But she wrote in one of her books that she found her brother after he completed his suicide attempt and she, obviously and reasonably and understandably so was very distraught and upset and was asking herself why me why did i have to go through this why did my family have to go through this why did he have to experience this all these things and near the end of the book she ended up saying well maybe the reason i had to experience that was so that i could understand what grief was and mental health was so i could raise awareness so i could be the person i am now and preach it to other people so i think it's just important that even if it's a minor inconvenience or a larger life-altering event that happens, I think it's important to ask yourself, what is it teaching you? What is it serving you? Why, why and or how can you grow from it? And avoid asking yourself, why me? And throwing a pity party. It's all about my mindset. So asking, what is this teaching, serving, or making me grow from? It's a mindset shift. Number 11, be grateful. This one is huge and probably always will be, but again, number doesn't matter for the lesson. Be grateful. I remember starting in the agency that I'm with now full-time about four years ago now and being such a brat that I was angry. I was living at my mom's house under her roof. She was buying the food. I just wanted privacy. I just wanted this. I just wanted that. And looking back now with the population that we work with, in this agency, I was a fucking brat. I should have been grateful that I didn't have to pay rent, that I didn't have to buy groceries, that you know I had a relatively safe home to go to. I I didn't have you know an abusive partner at home. I didn't have no home to go to. All those things. And now, again, this is a lot of reflecting, but now. I see some of my clients and they're so thankful and so grateful for me buying them a hot cup of coffee or bringing them a fresh pair of socks or giving them a new sketch pad or a new warm blanket. Like there's so many things that we need to be grateful for. And I think we need to look at the smaller picture rather than the bigger, because we live in such a materialistic world that the more things we have, the better. And then once you get something really good, you're going to want the next best thing. Once you get that, you're going to want the next best thing. But then you're not necessarily focusing on the gratefulness. You're focusing more on greed and what else can I get? Um, I also recently, hopefully this is helpful to somebody, I recently started doing a gratitude practice. So just in a plain empty notebook um, and lined paper really because I'm cheap. 
but I started writing out gratitude practices and so I choose between five and ten a day minimum five don't know why I guess I just like the number but really you can do as many as you want but I try to make them as specific and as small as I can so for example if I were to say today when I do it at bedtime if I were to say I'm grateful for my job and I'm grateful for my home well what specifically am I grateful for because those are two very large things Am I grateful for the income? Am I grateful to make a change in the world? Am I grateful to put a smile on somebody's face at work? Am I grateful to be a part of system changes? Am I grateful because I have family at home? Am I grateful because I don't have to pay for the house? Like, Just be very specific because in my experience, the more specific I got over the years in thinking of gratitude, the more I can pinpoint throughout my day without having to write it down. So. That's an important one there. Lesson number 12, appearance over my legacy. So this is kind of a, a darker one, so I'm gonna give a trigger warning just in case, but when I first got the Crohn's diagnosis, all I could think about was like worst case situation or worst case scenario. And it was like, well, what if I end up, you know, in a wheelchair or my body completely shuts down or I need a transplant or I need a transfusion or I, you know, my body keeps attacking itself, which is what an autoimmune disease disorder does. What if, what if, what if? And all of these were bad, and a lot of them ended with me spiraling into how am I supposed to live the life I want? How am I supposed to make an impact? But when I kind of came out of that pity party and started asking myself, what is this teaching me? What am I supposed to learn from this? And how is this going to make me grow as a person in a community as a family member, as a sister, as a partner, as a step-parent, all of these things, I realized what I actually wanted my legacy to be, and it has nothing to do with my appearance. It has nothing to do with the fact that I might end up with a, I think it's called a colostomy bag. Maybe it's an illostomy, but anyways, I might end up with a bag that collects poop. I might end up in a wheelchair. I might end up with half my bowels. I might end up blind or deaf or who knows what that might be. And like I've said before, I've handled every hard situation, so this won't be different. But I really want to focus on my legacy instead of how I look. Obviously, if you look, if you feel good, you think you look better. If you look good, you think you feel better. Totally true, and I'm not saying to like be unhygienic or anything, but I'm saying like the amount of cars you have, or how big your house is, or how many garages that you have at your house, or whatever the case is i'm not saying that those aren't important necessarily if they are to you then that's cool but i don't want my appearance whether it's materialistic things i have or how fit i am or how athletic i am or how big my boobs are or how small my waist is i don't want any of that to impact what i want my legacy to be and my legacy is i want to be remembered for what i've done for the community the impact i've made the contributions i've made not to be simply how I looked and I again when I was in that pity party thinking of all the negative things I thought about my funeral a lot trigger warning because I know death isn't easy but I I just pictured what people might say versus what I would want them to say and every day now I'm aiming to be more of the person for what I would want them to say rather than what I think some may say and again, that might be skewed because that's just in my mind, but I, I, that's kind of my motivation now is not to be the fittest or the prettiest or the hottest or the 
smallest or the biggest whatever i just want to make an impact and contribute to society and hopefully work through some systemic flaws that we have a lot of here in canada lesson 13 is saying no more often which ties into lesson 14 disconnecting and self-care saying no more often doesn't necessarily mean to be to to the things that you like or enjoy doing it means to the things that you don't want to do boundary setting no i don't want to pick up more shifts no i don't want to support that client no i don't want to go to my in-laws for supper no i don't want to go hang out at your guys night whatever it looks like i i found over the last year i was saying no more to things i didn't want to do things that didn't serve me people that didn't serve me places that didn't serve me and i feel like it was so empowering and made such a difference to me that i was able to kind of step in more into who i actually am and who i want to be and then in saying no i was able to disconnect and do more self-care now when i say self-care for myself personally it doesn't mean the bubble bath or bath bomb and face mask that society tells you is self-care if that's self-care to you that's amazing but it's not to me so when i say disconnecting i physically disconnect from people and it's not to say that i don't love them or want to be around them it's just i get socially exhausted very quickly and frequently and so my version of self-care is disconnecting from people and kind of being solo and and also self-care like doesn't have to be with people but i think you need to put self-care more as a priority for me at least rather than saying yes to everything and again that goes back to the people pleasing tendencies but i think saying no even a few times a week or a month or a year is going to be huge for any fellow people pleasers lesson number 15 and 16 also kind of go together communication is literally everything i recently went through a small time frame for a breakup with my current partner and it sucked and there was other reasons for it obviously which i won't get into but one of the big ones i think was communication he thought I knew what he needed from me and I thought the same from him and chance, like we literally didn't because we didn't communicate. We assumed and assuming is going to get you nowhere. So I think now I always tell him and other people like over communicate. I would rather you tell me 16 times in a month what you want or what you need or how you feel than not telling me at all because then we're just going to crumble again. And that goes into lesson 16 of therapy and inner healing. I have literally spent hundreds, probably thousands at this point on therapy in the last year. And it has been like life-changing, mind-blowing. I There's so many lessons. There's more clarity. I'm more focused. I know who I am now and I know what I want. And I know how to kind of continue that. And obviously therapy is not just a, oh, 10 sessions and you're done. It could be, you know, a lifetime. It could be 30 sessions. It could be whatever you need. But I think therapy is cool and therapy should be more normalized number 17 this also goes hand in hand with the other ones nobody is perfect there's always going to be room for learning and growth and i think that's so important because as a person i don't want to ever stay the same and be kind of stuck in a rut i want to be able to continue to dig deeper into who i am and what i want and continue to be that person number 18 this lesson is energy vibes and vibrations i think oh boy this one probably will be another podcast episode at some point but this one was 
me recently learning about chakras in the body and crystals and how that manifests, so to speak, energies and vibes and the higher vibration levels in somebody's life. Thankfully, I have lots of people in my inner circle that kind of vibe with this so it works out, but my body now can pick up on people in a crowd around me anyways that are going to drain me of energy or give me bad energy or bad vibes. And that could be just not filling my cup up, being super negative, being super angry, um, not being supportive, not being the contact or the connection I need. They literally suck my soul right out of me. They drain my energy. Whereas I can also tell the people that are going to be good energy and good vibes and they fill my cup up. Now, I'm not saying like one time I met this person who I work with and ever since that first day, she sucks my energy right out of me. Everybody has bad days and everybody will be low and everybody will be manic and everybody will kind of ride out their own energy and vibes. But I think overall, if you're a very negative person, it's not a good energy vibe and I don't want it. Lesson 19, community and connection. I recently started reaching out for help. Um, obviously therapy was a big one, but I started getting more open with um, everybody listening on the Instagram page. I really started to hone in and kind of think to myself, what would I have wanted to hear when I was really deep into my struggle and what would benefit kind of everybody? And also the Instagram page that I have with this podcast it's also kind of healing for me. It's like a journal. It's reflecting and to hear people commenting and liking that whatever I've posted, they also vibe with has been really fulfilling for me. I think it's important that you have a connection and a community and you can ask for help and know that it's okay to ask for help. Lesson 20, I know what I want and I won't settle. I don't have anything else to say, but I know what I want with my life now. I know who I want to be and I know how I want to live and I'm not going to settle for anything other than that. Lesson 21, you truly don't know anybody's story. This one, again, a lot of this kind of stems back to my Crohn's diagnosis, but this one really came into play from that because I had sent my whole work team, which is, there's only five of us, but I, I ended up emailing my team saying, hey, I got this diagnosis, just asking for a lot of grace and patience with me this these next few weeks while I navigate it and be flexible. I might have brain fog, I might be emotional, whatever. They came to me in a team meeting and they said, I didn't know that you struggled. I didn't know you felt shitty every day. I didn't know that your body was attacking itself every day and that you were experiencing all of these different sensations and feelings and symptoms and you never said anything. I had no idea. So I think the lesson of that was you really don't know anybody's story and to just be fucking kind. Lesson 22, this is the last one. So thank you if you're still listening for making it this far. This is the one that I want to end off with. Likes, comments, views, shares, tweets, posts, whatever it is on social media doesn't define me and it doesn't define my success or my future. I know we live in a day and age now where social media is huge and influencers are a thing and... People can work from home doing networking and social selling and whatever on Instagram and Facebook and whatever else there is out there. But I just wanted to both remind you who is listening and myself that no matter how many likes or comments or posts or shares or videos or whatever it is, 
it's not going to define who you are or your success or your future unless you're an influencer because that's what you chose to do but that's a whole other aside I just wanted to put that out there because I learned that last year that I compared myself again remember comparison is the thief of joy but I compared myself to somebody I went to high school with who started her own mental health podcast slightly different twist on mine but she was popular in high school and uh like had a lot of reviews and five-star reviews and likes and comments and shares about her podcast and I didn't when I first started and she did just automatically because of the people she knew and her kind of popularity level I guess but none of that should have defined who I was and none of that should have partnered into why I stopped recording again I know what my legacy is I know what I want now and I know how I want my life to be and I I refuse to let anything social media, likes, posts, whatever, define who I am. Those are the 22 lessons I learned in 2022. If you are still listening to this, thank you so much for listening. I am truly very grateful for all of the support that everybody has shown me, and I'm very happy to be back recording. If any of these lessons, even just one, resonated with you I would love to know what one and if none of them did that's cool but I would love to know what lesson you potentially learned in 2022 and and or maybe what lessons you're trying to learn in 2023 until then I am sending you lots of love and lots of light and I will talk to you soon